Katie Broach, and this is our first episode of First Fridays with Georgetown County. This is a new show that we're going to do um, on the first Friday of every month just to talk about some of the things that are happening in your local government. So today with me are Miriam Mace, our Georgetown County Treasurer, and Ken Baker, our Georgetown County Auditor, and they're going to tell us a little bit about what has been going on with um, flooding in the Treasurer's office and also with tax bills, which have just gone out and we have an extended deadline for tax bills. Uh, do you guys want to tell me a little about the tax bills first? Sure. Yeah, so we do have a new program, a new system that we're uh, implementing this year. Um, we started it a few years ago. This is the first full year that we've really used it for everything as far as real estate and personal property. Uh, we've experienced some hiccups in the transition from the old system. Uh, we did request extensions for opening the books, of course, and then once the books were opened, we found some mistakes that we needed to correct and we asked for an extension then for payment so that we made sure we gave the taxpayers plenty of time to pay those taxes once they did get them in the mail. So. The new extension deadline to pay is February 15th of 2024. Uh, so any... Um, that's when any, the first penalty goes. That's when the, the first penalty will go out the, fo the following day, yep. Um, and so any problems you have with your bill up until that moment, certainly call our office, 843-545-3021. Um, and uh, we'll go over your bill with you. Um, one thing on the notices that we do want to let everyone know if you apply for homestead, you do have homestead. It doesn't show as a line item, but it's there. If you were approved, it's there. We can still check it for you, though, if you'd like to just be 100% sure. But, Miriam, we have some interesting special circumstances going on in your office, and we would actually rather people not call you right now. Is that right? That's correct. Our phone lines actually, we're... We're not really taking any phone calls because they're all going straight upstairs to where the girls are sitting, and we've been so busy we can't really take any phone calls. We've been asking that they send emails, and we're trying to get those caught up as well. Now, just for some backstory, um, we had a big storm back on December the 17th, and it caused some flooding in the treasurer's office. Um, tell us a little about that, Miriam. You guys have been forced to relocate to emergency quarters in county council chambers right now, so everything is just up in the air. And we came mess. in on that Monday morning. Um, the water was coming in through the ceiling, came in through the roof and through the building department upstairs. Uh, we lost three computers, two printers, two major printers. So... The next day, we were able to shift up to council chambers and start taking payments the next day. So we're working out of that office right now. But there, there is an issue. There's only three phone lines. You normally have many more than that. So you can't return phone messages right now. Can't really take very many calls. So the best way to reach the treasurer's office right now is to come in person to pay your taxes in council chambers to email taxinfo at gtcounty.org. Correct. Or um, you can, of course, pay online via our website and just streamline everything, expedite, skip the line, all that. So um, when do you think we're going to be back in the treasurer's office? 
We'll probably be up there another month. Maybe the first of February. We're hoping for the first of February. Okay, but you guys are fully operational right now. Fully operational. Yes. Okay, great. Um, the installment program, we had a hiccup with it. Those letters are getting ready to go out um, tomorrow or, or Monday, and then everybody should be able to come in and pay those as well. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to tell the residents of Georgetown County about taxes this season? Um, if you qualify for homestead um, and you meet the requirements as on, on our website, um, if you go to gtcounty.org, um, go to the auditor's page. Um, if you're 65 years of older and you lived here for a full calendar year, that's lived here as of December 31st of 2022, then you, and you were 65 as of December 31st of 2022, then you qualify for Homestead 423. Make sure you give us a call and we can go ahead and get you. If you've paid your taxes, that's fine. We'll do the refund. But make sure you get that um, done. And we'll also start taking applications for 24 here in the next month. Probably not right now. Give us until the end of the tax payments and we'll start taking those homesteads for people who qualify for next year but um please do qualify i know it's not it's something that doesn't get aired a lot is about homestead but it, it's a it's an exemption for people that are over 65 years of older that the state allows so we want to make sure you get it if you qualify for it so basically a, a discount on it's, your taxes for discount depending on where you live it can be from 200 if you live um, in the unincorporated areas 220 something or 40 up to $500, I think, if you live in the city of Georgetown or Andrews. So it's pretty substantial. If your house is less than $50,000, it actually exempts all of your taxes. Wow, that is great information to have. Well, they're obviously a little busy right now, so we'll let them go. But I would just like to say that Ken, Miriam, and their staffs are always super helpful. And they're always happy to answer any questions you have um, about taxes, about homestead exemption, or anything else that comes up. And you can always find information also on our website, gtcounty.org. Ken, Miriam, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Just everybody, thank you for your patience in this Absolutely. transition that we're thank going you. through. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. everybody's understanding and patience right now. Absolutely. Now with us is T.L. Staub. Some of you may remember him from the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office. He is now with Georgetown County Parks and Recreation and is doing a lot of work in our parks on trails. And he is here to talk about a new program called the GOAT program. And he's asking people to join the herd. So tell us a little about that, T.L. Okay, the GOAT program is uh, Georgetown Outdoor Adventure Trails. A group of trails, a hiking and uh, trails in different parts of the county, our trail system. We came up with goats and um, we're promoting it, trying to get people out for the exercise, to hike the trails, to bike the trails. And even this is going to include the rivers and putting trails on the river. So hopefully people will come out and paddle as well. You said you're going to have some paddles this spring, right? Yes, the spring and the summer. We'll, it's a little too cold right now to get out on the water, but we'll have plenty in the summer. Uh, the idea is to, is to promote the area and get people outdoors. Um, we have a lot of nice trails now that we've developed and um, we want to get people out there hiking and, and biking and, and just enjoying the outdoors. Okay. So tell us about some of these trails. Um, I know you have some out at Rocky Point, but I think there's a variety of people who are not necessarily into the, the hiking through the woods sort of thing. Right. Well, at Rocky Point Community Forest, which is located in the Choppy community, we have approximately 16 miles of trails already developed with 7.7 .7 more 
miles of trails and routes to be developed here in the next couple of months. Again, these, these trails are mostly grass and woods. Uh, you'll see a lot of wildlife, a little bit of terrain, uh, real pretty areas along Choppy Creek and the river. Um, great place to take your dog or just want, want to walk the family. See, like I said, a lot of wildlife. I've seen bobcat, uh, boar, deer. Um, so there's a lot of different wildlife and a lot of birding. There's a lot of people who go out there and do birding if you're into the birding part. We also have trails at Eight Oaks Park. Um, the trails all start at the parking lot at the front of the park there, the dirt lot. Um, the, there's a mile round loop trail that just goes around the baseball field. It's really in the grass. It's marked with yellow blazes. Um, that leads to three other trails that go back into the woods. So we have a total of uh, about 8.5 miles of trails at Eight Oaks. And again, you can see wildlife and be off. Most of these trails are dirt and grass. We also have a trail at Stables Park in Pauley's Island. It's a one mile, it goes along the edge by the uh, disc golf course. Nice little trail if you just want to get out and walk. And well, that's the trail that the track team and the cross country team yes. use to train, right? Right, so yeah, they do that. And also uh, Chop, um, Carver's Bay uh, cross country team runs out at uh, Rocky Point uh, Community Forest as well okay. behind there. So it is being used for that well. And I know of trail runners that run these trails uh, just to get in some uh, practice. Other areas of hiking that we have are um, along the beach. Uh, two of the areas we designated are good places to walk is uh, the Yucca Beach Access in Garden City, heading south towards the inlet, and also uh, at Litchfield Inn right there at the beach access heading down to Midway Inlet. Uh, so those are two good accesses that we have marked uh, as beach routes. And then you also have the Bike the Neck Trail, which runs from the county line all the way down into Polly's. Yeah. So you can either hike or bike most of those sections. Do not recommend walking or hiking the bike trail in Merle's Inlet itself. It's a very lot, busy and a little close to the highway. Right. And a lot of people don't realize those are actually lanes. Those are bike lanes. So there are they are considered part of the roadway. Uh, don't recommend walking on them because they're considered part of the road. But if you are going to walk, uh, one of the things that, that I've seen even when I was in law enforcement is if you're going to bike, you bike with traffic. And if you're walking, walk against traffic. So I see a lot of people walking with the traffic and I see a lot of people biking against the traffic, which technically that is in the lane. So um, people need to be aware of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so to get people out, and you mentioned us having the GOAT program uh, and joining the herd, uh, starting next week, we're going to have on the Georgetown County website, under Parks and Rec, a place where you can sign up to be part of the herd. And basically what this is, is more like a newsletter and a notification that, hey, we're going to have this outdoor event. We're going to do a hike or we're going to do a paddle. Or here's or, a new trail. Or here's a new trail. Or we're going to have a festival. Um, so it's a, or we have this race or something coming up, anything that dealing with the outdoors. So uh, I encourage people to join. Um, like to see as many people get together. I run into people all the time. And they're always saying, oh, I'm looking for someone to hike with or I'm looking for someone to bike with or a group. So that, that's the idea of this, is to try to get people out and get families out um, and see the different parts of the county and, and do the different trails. One of the things that we're doing to start off the 2024 is we're putting together uh, the, the GOAT or the Georgetown Outdoor Adventure Trails Hiking Walking Series. And basically what this is going to be is um, we're going to have eight designated areas to hike or walk a trail. Um, 
or encouraging individuals or people to group and form teams and, and take this challenge. And basically uh, what you'll do is you'll see the list of the eight um, trails. This is self-guided, it's at your own pace. So the first thing you would do is plan a schedule which trails you're gonna do in the distance. Uh, we require, we would like you to at least do a mile on each trail. Some of the trails, if you do a mile, you'd have to go and turn around, but yeah. most of them are, are one to two. There's a couple that you can go up to five miles if you want to. Um, so you then determine who you're gonna hike and walk with during the challenge. Like I said, try to get a team. And then come up with a hiking team name we're, you know, just something to make it a little more fun. Even if you're an individual, this kind of makes it fun and, as a group and, and try to get out there. And as you send them in or we track and what we post, if you completed it, we'll have your team name and, and, and maybe in the future we'll do more stuff. So it just gives it a little bit of uh, something added to it. Um, Goat-related names encouraged? Uh, my main thing is please keep the hiking team names clean. It's a family-oriented thing. Don't try to put in some acronyms or things like that. Just keep it clean. Uh, when you do your hike, uh, we ask that you record your hike uh, or your walks using a mapping app. Um, there's different ones out there. I'm not recommending one after the other, but I know Strava and all trails, they do have a free app. So um, once you do your hike and just save your hikes on the app, uh, you can take and then when you complete it all eight, you'll send it to the county on email. And then hopefully we're gonna have something uh, some kind of certificate or, or patch or something coming up that people will get when they when they complete it. Sticker for your car like the runners have. Everybody likes those cars. Yeah, stickers. maybe we'll do something like that. That was one of the things we're talking about. But basically, the the eight hiking areas are the there's uh, Yaka Beach access, the bike path uh, near Huntington Beach State Park, the Litchfield Inn Beach access uh, hike down to Midway. Uh, there's a mile trail at Stables Park in Pauley's Island. And then you can go out the Choppy Community to the Northwest Recreation Complex. Behind there, that's where uh, some of the Rocky Point trails are. There's uh, two different trails you can pick there. They range from one to three miles. And then Eight Oaks, uh, there's you can pick uh, four different trails, one of the four trails to do, anywhere from one to four miles. And then the last one is a historic Georgetown Urban Trail. Basically, we laid out a two-mile trail starting at the historical courthouse and going uh, down a couple blocks and then coming up coming up the front street and then getting on the harbor walk, walking down the harbor walk, and then coming back, and you end up at the, at the courthouse. But it's a two-mile loop. Um, so when we put this together, we'll have maps for all these routes and trails uh, on the website with that. And we're also creating a map book and getting ready to put all our trails okay. on, on the Internet and uh, so people can look them up and, and see where they are. Um, so that, that's exciting. Hopefully we'll get a lot of people to do that. I think it will be fun. Uh, just get people out. It's after the holidays. Everybody wants to do walking, and it's not too hot. And there's no bugs. And get rid of those holiday pants. This is the perfect time. The other project we are working on right now, and it should be done by March, is we've created or developed two navigation compass trails. And basically one is going to be at Eight Oaks, and the other one is going to be at Stables. So how, so how this, uh, these compass courses work is that you'll start as a starting point and you can use the compass on your phone or a handheld compass. And at the first waypoint, which is the start of the location, it will give you a coordinate and a direction, like southwest, and how many feet you need to travel. 
and, and there will be a place where you count off your steps, like 20 feet. You, you count off if it takes you 10 steps to go 20 feet, then you can figure out a step is two feet so you can calculate. So when you find the first waypoint, on that waypoint will be your next coordinates for your next waypoint. Oh, so it's kind of like a, a scavenger hunt or uh, but going. So each course is about 0.6 miles. I think it'd be uh, really good for kids to learn how to use a compass and, yeah. and do navigation and, and, and for families to get out and just people to get out and do that. So that should be ready February, March. Wonderful. Now, for those who have not been out to Rocky Point, that is just an absolute gem as far as hiking and just enjoying nature. And TL has done so much out there. We did a story in our newsletter last summer, I think, about all the work that you've been doing on the trails. Do you just want to tell us a little about that, TL? Yeah. Um, we, uh, the county, uh, there was a lot of trails out there, old trails, and we just needed to clean them up and put some bridges on them and, and work on them. Um, and, uh, we, we've been working on them for about a year now. We worked out on trails, myself and Barry Stone. Uh, we did a lot of work on the trails out there and, uh, marking them and, and keeping them cut, especially in the summer. It grow, they grow up quick. Um, so a lot of work and in the future, we hope to get a lot of people, maybe some of the goat members, the herd members to come out and help, or maybe some businesses in our community groups in, in the area to, to help come out and adopt some trails and help clean them, uh, keep them clean and, and use them, especially you just use them, get the more use they have to get worn down and make it easier to keep up. Okay. Well, this all sounds great. There's always something exciting going on at Parks and Recreation. So starting next week, you can go on and sign up for the herd at gtcparks.org, right? Yes. Okay. And we can't wait to hear more about the program. To y'all, thank you so much for coming by. And if you have any questions, just contact the uh, Parks and Rec and I'll probably get back with you. All right. Excellent. Thank, thank you, you so much. Next here with us is Walt Ackerman. He is our Human Resources Director and Director of Administrative Services. Did I get that right? Close enough. And somehow you have also been put in charge, lucky you, of the Capital Project Sales Tax Initiative and the commission that goes with that. So that commission has had two meetings so far, and they will be meeting again on the 4th. It's next Thursday, January 11th at Howard. At Howard, and then they'll meet again on the 4th Thursday of this month, right? Correct. And that meeting will be at Carver's Bay. Okay, so tell us a little bit about this commission and the sales tax initiative. So back in October, um, as pursuant to state law, county council voted to kick off or implement a capital project sales tax commission. In doing that, the purpose of the commission is to receive ideas or project proposals from various entities within, within Georgetown County and formulate a referendum question. The question will consist of the project and the cost of the project and how long the sales tax will be collected to pay for those projects. And that could be anywhere from like four to eight years. But two, least... two to eight years in two-year increments. So it could be two, four, six, or eight years. And then at that time, it stops, whichever, however the referendum question is set up. So, you know, one, uh, and it's it varies widely because one county in the state may have a single project that they want to do, and they need to collect money for two years, and then that's it. 
Um, other counties may have multiple different projects or a huge project that, that may take the full eight years of money. Uh, one of the examples we gave to the Capital Project Sales Tax Commission at the first meeting was the Greenville County Courthouse. Um, they built a huge municipal complex, Spartanburg, Greenville. I think it might have been Spartanburg. Um, and that was like a $152 million project. So that, I think, basically consumed the entire Capital Project Sales Tax for the eight-year period. And now this is a 1% sales tax, and it is applicable only to items that you are already paying sales tax on. Um, so groceries and prescription medicine are exempt. And this will, of course, only be if voters approve this. This will be on the referendum in November of this year, correct? Cor correct. So the only things that would be taxable is are, are the items that you are currently paying tax on. Now, you do pay sales tax on things like vehicles but that tax is capped at a specific dollar amount. So there will be no additional tax on top of that. Now, voters in Georgetown County are probably familiar with the capital project sales tax. We did have one in 2014 and that funded projects including road improvements. Um, and we've still got some money set aside for port dredging, whatever we decide to do with that. So what the commission is doing right now is they're working out things like how long this tax would be in place the referendum wording, and also the projects list. So talk to us a little bit about the projects list and that process. Yeah. So right now, um, we're still in early stages. As you mentioned, we've only met two times. We're formulating, well, in the first meeting, we gave information to the commission on how they function. In the second meeting, we discussed how projects will be submitted and who they will be submitted from and the methodology behind that. So we should finalize that process at the third meeting and then the fourth meeting which will be at the end of January will be one where we could potentially start receiving project ideas. Now once a project idea is received it will then be evaluated by the committee to determine is it a, is it a project that all the voters in the county can get behind? Is it a project that's beneficial to whichever community or area that that project is going to be in. Is it a necessity or a want or a need? Um, and then at the end, when all projects are in, the committee then has to rank them because they're ranked on the ballot. So the most important project or the project that is deemed the most need in the community would be the top ranked project and so on and so forth down the list. Then there will be a secondary list of projects. This is new since the last referendum. In the, in the first referendum that the county did, we collected more money than we anticipated we were collecting. So then county council had to go back and say, what are we going to do with all this, with the extra money? Now they've, the state legislature has understood that could be an issue. Yeah. So they have revised state law just a little bit. So you have to have a contingent list of projects. So the first list at the, on the ballot would be these are our primary projects. These will be funded before anything else. And then if we have extra money, these are the projects that, that they will do. So there's going to be, it, it's going to be a lot and it'll be two separate lists of projects. Okay. And now state law does restrict what sorts of projects can be included on this list. Absolutely. So it's not just a, a free for all, right? Correct. Um, Basically, any municipal-type building, courthouses, jails, um, 
fire stations, EMS stations, administrative offices, water and sewer projects. Um, you can have collaborative projects with the school district, although you can't build school buildings. There's some minutia detail there. Um, you could, I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff, um, road work, bridges, um, any kind of overall infrastructure projects can be done. Um, stormwater drainage, um, I'm trying to think of some of the others off the top of my head, but you can't go out and buy police cars yeah. with the money. So it has to be long lasting projects. Now, one thing you could do is if you said, okay, we need a, a fire station in area X that is currently not served. You can build the station and equip it at all at the same time. Um, it can't be used for salaries. It can't be used for any kind of, day-to-day -day operational type things. It has to be a, a long-term capital project. Okay. And now the county is also looking into a second 1% sales tax that will also, I believe, be on the ballot in November, correct? Yes. And that is the local option sales tax, also frequently referred to as a lost. Now that does have a little more leeway. Tell us about how funds from that would be able to be used if it's approved. So there, that one gets a little in depth, <laughs> but that's one where if the voters approve the local option sales tax, 71% of that money collected goes directly to offset property taxes. Um, when your property taxes are billed, you have, there'll be a local option sales tax credit factor that will reduce your property taxes by however much we, we collect. So 71% goes directly to offsetting um, property taxes. Mm -hmm. And now all of that doesn't go to the county. Some of it will go to municipal, you know, offset municipal sales tax. It depends on where it's collected. The other 29%, part of that goes to the counties and part of it goes to the municipalities within the county. Um, some of it is based on area of collection and part of it is based on population. So that money is for all intents and purposes, free to be used for anything that those entities want. Um, so it is a little stimulus to the general funds of the, the organizations, but the biggest offset is that 71% in property taxes. Um, I've done some, got a little spreadsheet and did, you know, calculated about, you know, we estimate $10 million in collections. So you're talking about 7.1 million offsetting taxes each year for somebody who has a $200,000 house and it's not just on your home, but your cars, your boats, you know, whatever you pay property taxes on, um, someone will be looking at if numbers don't fail me, um, it's somewhere around $700 a year that the average person with a $200,000 average home could look to come off of their property taxes, which is significant. Yeah. So the part of the idea for this, as I understand it, I think the law was created to allow counties to kind of spread out the cost of operations to people who don't necessarily reside within the county, such as tourists and people traveling through, correct? Yes, um, and that is the, the, the biggest part or the biggest advantage to Georgetown County because we have such a heavy tourism industry in the county. Um, we're, we're actually, the finance director and I have been working, we're trying to get the latest report from the Department of Commerce. They, they do one biannually. 
Uh, so we don't have, the last one we have was 2020, which is the, the terrible year of COVID. Um, so we're waiting on, on the 2022 report, um, or I guess year ending 22, I, maybe it's June, June of 23, I guess it would be. But at any rate, back using the 2020 numbers, we estimate somewhere around 35 to 38% of the sales tax collected in Georgetown County are is collected from folks that don't live here. They're vacationing, they're passing through, you know, they're traveling on Highway 17 or 521 or 701 or whatever, and they stop at the gas station and get a bag of chips and a Pepsi Cola or whatever the case may be. Um, so of the $7.1 million that would go to offset our property taxes, a third of that would come from not us, from folks that don't live here. These two taxes will be on the ballot in November, and you can look for more information coming out from the county about that. We are working on a webpage right now to help educate voters on, on both taxes and the ins and outs of how they work. And there will also be a website, and I'm sorry, an email set up um, so people can email in their suggestions for capital projects, sales tax yep. projects. Well, and I think it's very important for people to, to understand this, this part. From the capital project sales tax proposal, the proposals must come from the governmental entity who is ultimately going to own that capital project. Um, you know, we can't, the, there's no need to put an item on the ballot referendum to put down sewer lines in a certain area if the water and sewer district is not going to agree to actually put them down and maintain them. So those, if you have a, a project idea, and I, I'm just going to stick with that example, I want a water line put down in area X of the county, you need to go to whichever water district that is and say, I'd like you to submit this project because we can't just have an idea. We have to have cost is um, a whole set of criteria that's involved in that. And we got to have a, a good realistic cost idea because you don't want to put on the referendum, I'm going to put down four miles of water line and it's going to cost $200,000. And then it's actually going to cost $1,200,000 because then you don't have enough money. Or that we're going to build this new facility that we would not later have funds to pay to operate. Right. So can't get the lights on, can't, you know, can't hire people to go in and all this good stuff. So yes, it, it, those, those considerations have to be taken up front. Um, and one thing that we've been very clear with the commission, at least from the county standpoint, and I think, the city is, is behind this as well. I've heard some folks from the city say it. Uh, we really can't afford any other operational cost. So we can't go build a huge, a new rec center somewhere because then we've got to staff it with half a dozen or 10 people um, and pay insurance and lights and water and all the other maintenance costs that go along with it. Um, we need those types of projects that it's almost a one and done and it requires very little ongoing operational expense. And the deadline for projects to be submitted by the commission to county council is April, right? Well, from the, co the commission has to deliver the completed referendum question to county council by the end of April. Which would include the list of projects. Yes. So we projects submitted to the commission are going to have to be probably by the end of March. Okay. So the commission can then do its final the final thing. We have not yet set a deadline. That will be out on, on the webpage as soon as that is set.
Okay, so these commission meetings are open to the public. Um, you can go to gtcounty.org, visit our calendar, and find the meetings and locations and everything listed. Um, for clarity, Georgetown County does not have a position either way on the, either of the sales taxes and what happens with the referendum. Our purpose is only to deliver information about these so that voters can make a decision. Um, we do not have a position on it either way. Um, so I just wanted to make that very clear. Is there anything else you can think of to add, Walt? No, I, I think that's pretty good. Um, I, I'd encourage anybody who has been thinking about, hey, you know, I really need this done. I, I need a, a new road or I need uh, a resurfacing or I'd, I'd like to see whatever it is out there in the community, contact that governmental entity, whether it be the county, the school district, the the water and sewer district, and there's multiple water and sewer districts actually, um, city of Georgetown, town of Andrews, some governmental entity that would oversee it um, and, and go ahead and get those projects moving forward because it takes some time to develop these projects and develop a plan and develop the cost proposal. Um, so we can't wait until the 11th hour. Yeah, to get we these are working done. on kind of a short time frame here. Yes. So start earlier is better. And um, you can email ideas for projects to cpst at gtcounty.org. All right, Walt, thank you so much for coming and talking with us about this. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. So that concludes our first episode of First Friday with Georgetown County. I hope that you found the information presented here useful, and we will be back in February on the first Friday um, with some more topics that hopefully will be informative and interesting. We are always open to suggestions of topics that you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, feel free to leave them in the comments. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we will see you back in February.